Did you know that Easy Medical Device is not only a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel? It's also an agency that is providing you consulting, coaching, and training for medical devices. So if you have any projects, don't hesitate to contact me at info at easymedicaldevice.com. Info at easymedicaldevice.com. So talk to you later. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I'll share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we are still in a lockdown. So I still, we are still blocked at home because we have this, this pandemic that is happening now in Europe. Uh, but today, uh, instead of talking about coronavirus again and again, because we start to hear that uh, a lot of time, uh, we wanted to talk more about um, some more funny things, if I can say. And for that, I have with me uh, Stefan Bollinger, where I see he, that is is uh, nodding, <laughs> uh, because we will talk about DIGA. So I think nobody maybe knows about what is DIGA, but uh, Stefan will really tell us about that. Um, so DIGA is really a German law, a new law for digital health application. Uh, and we wanted to explain to you how it is working and maybe also something that is existing in Germany, but I never saw that in any other countries for now. So maybe on the audience, people will tell me, oh, it's also existing in this country or this country. But yeah, let us know for, for sure. But um, first, uh, Stefan, so can you first introduce again yourself? It's been a long time. You've not been on the, on the podcast, so maybe people don't know you. So please, just a small introduction. Yes. Hello. Yeah, it, it well, is in fact that I haven't been in the podcast for a long time now. Hello, I'm Stefan Boleininger. I'm the CEO and I'm a consultant for Beyond Quality. And we are supporting medically wise manufacturers or any kind of, yeah, economic, economic operator for fulfilling CE, the regular SCE, also US and all of that, helping with quality management systems and regulatory affairs topics. That's what we do, and we have a small team, and we have in the last two years, roundabout, we have to do a lot of things with sets called medical apps. Yeah, true. Because it, they are, uh, come out like, um, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's really booming. It's really an industry that is booming, uh, and they, they need really a lot of support. So I, I also got a lot of people that are contacting me and say, oh, how is this a medical device? How can I put that on the market, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really something that is booming. And DIGA is something for them, and specifically for Germany. So what is DIGA exactly? What uh, is there? Is, I think maybe it's a German name. What means DIGA? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> I cannot say it, so it's why I'm asking you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, you, you know, uh, in Germany we have um, with within the within the end of last year, start of this year, we got a new U, new law. That's a DVG. Okay. Yes. Digitale Versorgungsgesetz, digital healthcare law, something like that. So, um, yeah, and with that we have a DIGA. A DIGA is a digitale Gesundheitsanwendung. Okay. A digital health application. Okay. That's all. So we went from, we want to call it medical apps. We go to, no, it's not a medical app. It's a health app. 
Yeah, okay. but it must be something digital because digital gets more funding. So it's a digital health application. Great. My application also includes digital, but well, and the end of students, to my knowledge, it's we are really the only ones in Germany who have that. So I don't, I don't know about a different other country who has such a system because it has one specific it's not about a new law about a medical device how to bring a medical device to market but it's about how to get a medical device reimbursed okay and that is the main topic about it and the good thing is and um, well in in the past if you look still until now if you want to reimburse a software yeah that's yeah that's uh that's, that's like trying to pull a train I know. It does not work. Um, and it's very, very hard to get into the track. You need to combine it with another device. You need to get, yeah, you need to get very tricky about how you can make the software to get reimbursed. There are a few examples which have done that. The way is long, the way is hard. Well, and in the current situation where you need to be fast, 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 agile, scrum, Kanban, whatever you call it, you need to make it a possibility to have a very fast, reimbursement system and so, that's what Iga wants to do so uh the principle of reimbursement is the fact that i'm going to a doctor and um, i get diagnosed or i get uh, some kind of uh, things and he says to me i give you a prescription for a drug or something here he will prescribe you a medical app is it correct <laughs> it's just to be clear with the people because i find it a bit funny but yeah let's 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 understand that correctly Actually, yes. Or in another point, it can also be that you say, okay, I, I have this kind of diagnosis. I have these problems. There is some kind of digital health application available. Please prescribe it to me. And then I can go to my, um, my healthcare insurance. Okay. And they get, give me back some money. So that's uh, means that it's really like you are, you have your phone, you go to the app store or to the Google store or to uh, whatever store it exists. In you go, you buy it. You get this this um, can invoice or that you buy you buy it, and you go to your healthcare insurance and you say, "I bought this app with this prescription, so can you reimburse me, please?" Yes, that is that's that's how it is planned. It is not that's a kind uh, a bit of uncertainty how it will work in operational okay. form, but that's a goal. And. So, uh, and since when, uh, remind me, since when is it, is it available, this, uh, this uh, law? Well, I think last, this year, March, and last week, there was a very, very long informational um, discussion from the health, um, uh, for the healthcare information hub for HIH, and together with the German Institute, the B-Farm, and they made a very good, precise, but most cases precise description about uh, in a, a guidance document for how to get with a DIGA, how to get to be a DIGA and how to be possible to be reimbursed and how it will, the fast track will work out. That is one thing. And on the other hand, they make a very good informational um, yeah, presentation how they work together with manufacturers. Very good. Very open for community. Very, it is very well. So it's really recent, and uh, if I am uh, a UK or French or Spanish company, can I apply to that? <laughs> Good question. In the law and also in the, in the guidance documents, there's nothing called about foreign company, foreign countries, but 
just one thing. It's um, you can apply in the German Institute, in the um, German, in the topmost competent authority. So it means, so, but, but anyway, your 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 application should be in German for for people that uh, have to yes, use it in Germany. Need, so and you need to apply to this competent authority. So this competent authority is only applicable for you if you're in Germany. Okay, no, it's fine. So yeah, it's uh, it's 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 correct. I mean, you can you can be a, a Spanish company, but having an office in in Germany, and then this office will take care of that. Then so you can do it. Yes, and then this office has covers a competent authority. With that, that's possible. Yeah. So, um, which medical device are on scope? So, all digital health application, or there is some specific list, or what? What is on the scope of this? So, uh, well. Um, to those people who are listening to many of my presentations, who will start to to smile now once I say it, okay? Yeah. And that's, that's, a follow, that's the following thing. They said, okay, yes, um, it is used for all digital ap health applications. The focus must be digital. Okay. Fine for me. Then it is um, only possible to, boost, to go to the fast track with a Luris device, class 1 MDD and MDR and class 2A MDD MDR. So, and then... Like I said, it was a good thing. And then they reduced the scope of what can be a DIGA. And they missed three words from the MDR um, the scope to the DIGA scope. And that's the word prediction, prognosis, prevention. Okay. So that okay. means there won't be a class one MDR medical device which can be a DIGA. So because okay. they simply stroke this post child says, okay, that has a that has a reason. The reason is they want to go to make it first fast care market. And prevention, prediction, prognosis is a long time market. Okay. It's not needed to be a fast track there. Yeah. Because it's long time. You can calculate. You can you need to look with it. It's not um needed right now. So personally, I understand that decision why to say stroke out these three words. On the other hand, it is inconsistent now with the MDR um, uh, article and uh, uh, definition of the term medical device to the DIGA and DVG um, um, medical device term. So I would 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 have some. I would, yeah, I would have suggested them use the same terms. That's so maybe, maybe they will do that when the MDR will be really applicable, or I don't know if they will change the law for that specifically. And now they are maybe specifically um, linked to the MDD, so it's why they have uh, that term and maybe future. So let's let's see if they if they will change that. But yeah, it's uh, it's clear. Do you have some specific example of a type of of device that can be applying to that? What which which type of device on my phone maybe that I can say okay this is. Uh, this is um, possible to to have a DIGA um, uh, reimbursement for that. Yes, there are also a few um, a, a few examples within that. So because it's also that's possible also to combine a device with sensorics. Okay, that will also be some kind of uh, digital, but it needs to be a digital helpling device. So, for example, one of the things is um, if you have a if you have a device. Pulse rate sensoric. Yeah. This detects um, the um, a sleeping apnea from the device, and then it's, you have an app which tells you, okay, that app, um, I have the following, um, in, within the night, I had so many um, breath interruptions. Yeah. So, in that case, it's not a DIGA. 
Okay. Because it simply does the thing what the medical device does in any case. Okay. The DGA cell shall support. So it shall be, okay, if you have the same breast um, pulse um, uh, detector, then you have the app which gives the data and then you can add additional data. For example, during that, you have the um, uh, continuous measurement of the, of the pulse rate from the heart or from the not only uh, leaping apnoe, but also the heart rate combined. And then you get more better diagnostic information. Then it will be a DIGA. Okay, so it's really uh, specific. It's not really yes. easy maybe to, to get that. But um, what we have to say first is that this is a medical device. It's not, uh, it's, we, we, we cannot go, if I can say, with, I cannot just develop an application within the night and go to the DIGA law and say, <laughs> can you make it reimbursed? This is no. not working. So. The, the process is really that you have first to follow a medical device law. Yes, and that is one thing where the guidance document is very, very weak on. Okay. It tells you in all the, um, in, in the, all the uh, explanations, yeah, it needs to be a, a medical device. Da -da 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 -da. And then at the end, it tells you with the fast track procedure, yes, you can do during the, during the first 12 months, of the reimbursement, which has a fixed amount, you can have some kind of study, which gives many startups the impression, yes, I do not need my, to do my study prior and it can to do my study uh, later on. No, that's not. That's yeah. definitely not the case. Because, because when, you you are, need when, you are, when you are a medical device, you have first to have clinical data, you have to have clinical study to show that your device is safe and performant before to place it on the market. So yeah, it can be yeah. a bit mis misleading, this kind of thing. It, it, definitely, and we have many discussions about it, and uh, you, you can see it in one of the very small examples, and that's Tom telling about if you, you want to apply for a DIGA, and to have the reimbursement and to have this kind of um, application, you need to prove safety and effectiveness and functionality. That's chapter 3.2 of the guidance document. And yeah. if you look in that, then it's called it, yes, uh, German Institute can look into the CE marking and normally they only look if the CE marking is correct or and or the notified body's um, certificate has been issued. Okay. Set rings all the bells because in the, if you if you have a certificate you need to have clinical data prior to it or a good pmcf plan yeah or at least you have your you need to have a good challenging and you need to prove it is safe any case so that's need to be done prior to it and um or if you are a class one medical device yes you do it all by yourself but still you you still need to follow all the rules even if you do that by yourself but so yeah. that's one thing which has a big problem. This is the role then of the notified body to be to be checking that they are really having all the clinical data. Uh, and it means that, yeah, for class 2A to B or 3, we are in the safe side. Uh, the, the authorities maybe say, okay, they have a certificate, so it's a proof that normally they have all the things. For class 1, maybe this can be a bit more a problem, and then they have to look at it and to get uh, more information to check that the clinical data are okay. So uh, this 12 months of survey or is more kind of a PMCF then. It's more like we, you have all the proofs of clinical data. Now you can have 12 months of checking that it's still correct during the next 12 months. It says here, um, during that 12 months, you are reimbursed based on a catalog. 
of a catalog application and based on um, yeah, predefined values. Within that 12 months, you have you can use that data as a study. That's good for you for your medical device. And you need to prove with that data that you have an, an effect on healthcare. Okay. So it's not only about, yeah. yeah, my device is good and it is safe, but no, it should also help. But what you're trying with many of that kind of devices, well, um, for those from the Health Innovation Hub or also from some kind of B farms, maybe I'm now as a devil out of the box. But for, um, for, for, um, from Sam's systematic approach for Adiga is in many cases, yes, so try to avoid medicinal products by helplings and by a right lifestyle and ad adjustment of the patient. That is a, my per perspective meaning behind of these documents. And okay. that's what I, what I read about it because everything that you tells me, yes, yes, when I use that correctly, I need less medicine. That's good for the patient. That's good for all. So, and by that way, that means, yeah, you need to prove that within that time you have an effect on healthcare and healthcare market. It is not in that, that's very, and specifically, you need to prove that medical, is a medical benefit on the patient. In the first draft, they had also included to have the health the caretakers, the healthcare professionals, and also as one of the core markets, that it's sufficient if you prove they are, they have it easier. That's not within the official documentation anymore. And so it's specifically, it is a patient's need. For example, if you, if you, um, yeah, if you make the life for the patient better yeah. by giving him a structural approach or have giving him less disabilities, less weakness, which where he can with the app, he can get easier through the day, then it's a positive health benefit. Yeah, it's it's it really is. it's it's Definitely. really it's really the principle of reimbursement. We are uh, trying to reimburse something that is not only working but have really a benefit to the patient. Because yeah, if we say that yeah, anything is 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 doing what it says it will do, it's fine. But if it has no impact on the public health, uh, maybe it's not need to be reimbursed. It's still on the market, but it doesn't need to be reimbursed. So it's I think a good principle. So that during the next twelve months, you should prove that really that this has a public health because. As we are working sometimes on clinical evaluation, we are making some state of the art and we have to prove that what is existing on the market already and also show that my device is maybe better or uh, have a more benefit risk than the device that are already on the market, something like that. So it's kind of the same principle. Um, in terms of now MDD so, or MDR, we have that, if I can say. And then what should I do to apply for DIGA? So is there some additional information I need to provide or is just let's say, here is my CE mark, here is my declaration of conformity, can I have the DIGA? No, that's not sufficient. Okay. So because you have a, there's a very good, really, um, heads off for the German Institute and the, the people who made that kind of, of um, um, procedure, how to get a DB, uh, how to be a DIGA. That's, well, there are still people who think it's not good, it's not described, but for personally, I think it's, quite good and good maintainable because it's based on technical facts and informational facts. So okay. that's good. That's made good. And if, so you need to apply with your information about your medical device, with all your medical claims, with all your, every claim you have, with all the intended purpose, with your classification, with all your documentation, 
you need to have that available. GSPR as well. Then you file your then you create your ZMark or get the ZMark from the notified body, and then you will pile all the kind of documentation like for what is that Diga good, what is the core content, what is the structural um, replacement, or what is um, what is the better thing, what is the new option, new features, new effects, the healthcare possibilities, healthcare effect on it. How much do you think it will you will get out of it and how much do you think it is a chart cost so this kind of informations you compile into the um in, into the application form then you send it to the b farm b farm checks checks the form if all correct is, is the content complete if the comp content is complete you will hear it was in b farm will answer you within 40 to 14 days okay two weeks they will answer either deliver the following documents or everything is complete procedure will be started if they tell you um you need to add more documentations then you have three months time to complete that list and um, file back the application and send back the application if they are sent say okay everything is completed if you do it earlier then it's also fine but you have maximum three months then if everything is uploaded and um, they can assess all the documentation they need for the for the application, then they have th again three months time to yeah to get the approval and then list you on the preliminary list for the digger. Okay, that's what the um, the, um, the fast track shall do. And so that means if everything goes absolutely correctly you can do it within two weeks that it's out of the stars but um it might be possible and in if you use if everyone uses the maximum of the time frames it's six months and two weeks okay so it's really uh, there, there is really I mean it's still okay I mean uh, it's uh, it's still not like a, a big thing so uh, we have some projects that are one year one year or two years so six months to get uh, reimbursed after it's it's okay you can still during that time you can still uh, put this product on the market it's not like you are blocked and you cannot put the product on the market it's just that you are waiting for the being on this list of reimbursements and then people can um, I mean then I think you have to um, uh, to market that within the healthcare professional to say. Hey guys, now my thing is uh, is reimbursed if you want to apply it, etc., etc. But uh, I think it's a good thing. One thing maybe here. So as we talked about the MDR or MDD, what about GDPR? So I think it's a health application. So there is also some personal data that will be collected on that. Uh, are they looking for that also, or it's not something that they are really interested about? Oh, they are really interested. Oh, they have an expert committee on that, and also they need you to file how you fulfill GDPRs, as well as they have applied standards, BSI standards used, not the US BSI, the German BSI. Okay. Uh, not the English BSI, BSI. We have in Germany, uh, um, we have uh, yeah, a German institute that's also a German institute for security that's also called BSI. Okay. This one <laughs> has its own information. So, and with that, we see information for the BSI and we see, um, so they made us a kind, some kind of standard, how you shall interact. And also you need, for sure, you need to apply the, your standards, which are used for a medical device with protected health information. 
Yeah. So you need to apply that. And there are also technical constraints. So um, they need you to have the data within, preferable in Germany. Okay. If not in Germany, preferable in Europe. If not in Europe, then preferable in, in a state which falls under the same regulational shield as they do in, in Europe, for example, the EU, US the, um, security shield, yeah. for example, like this, that means you need to be very careful where you store your data. Okay. For example, not yeah. all stores of Amazon are within that shield. Okay. So you need to be very, very careful about the data and they look into it quite detailed. That's one of the top most, um, the most intense applications for uh, forms from within the application about how you handle your data privacy and the usability. Yeah, I think it's it's really a hot topic now, the GDPR, and all people are really interested to, to be sure that their data is not stolen or not uh, displayed to, to anybody. So it's, I think it's really, really important. Um, okay, so it's great. I think now here people have all the information. Um, can you share with me all the links, if I can say, from the German, uh, maybe... Um, German authorities so that I can put that on the show notes for people, uh, the links of the guidance, or maybe there is other links so that, um, that people can go and just pick to uh, click on it to, to get that. Uh, I think it would be really great. Um, uh, Stefan, so you, so as beyond quality, are you helping now companies like that to get first this MDR and DD plus DGA or? Definitely, because we we helping them to get a peer medical device, and then we help them also a step further. Already in the past, with how to get reimbursement, we do do this with our um, manufacturers in the past for a long time, and also we go now out as digger way with them as well. And um, there's one thing which I would really have want to have you in the show notes, okay. and that is the things you they need to consider at first. The very most important thing is, and I hear my colleague Cesare all the day with that, it's a claim. A claim, the claim, and the claim. <laughs> okay. Because you now not only have the MDR claim, but you also have the DGA claim. And you need to be very precise how you get them done to make sure you get your piece of medical device, get the right classification for MDD, MDR, and then can, can go to DGA. Okay. So it's, I think it's really important. I mean, this is uh, this is the basics, but uh, I think it's really important to remind that to, to people. Um, but yeah, um, I will put maybe the things about intended purpose that we had with the Cesare uh, so that people can, can go and really uh, write the right uh, intended purpose, which leads to the right claims at the end uh, for that. But uh, but I think uh, it will be really helpful for them to, to get that. And as you are located in Germany, you can really help them specifically for uh, following all the DIGA application because I think it's really, uh, really important. Okay, so um, Stefan, thank you for that. Really interesting. I hope uh, a lot of people that are now making digital health application uh, will think about that if they are uh, placing their products in the German uh, area. But I think, yeah, it's not, it, it looks like it's easy, but it's not so easy. So you have really to, uh, to think about everything uh, about um, your claims, about uh, the public health uh, benefits, about the fact that it should be MDD, MDR first. Uh, so there is a lot of things to put in place before uh, to get this reimbursement status, which is really, really important. Okay, uh, Stefan, so thank you for that. Uh, thank you for your help. Uh, is there anything else you want to say to the audience during this pandemic where <laughs> we are all locked down at home? Honestly, it's not so bad. 
Yeah, I personally, think I, I, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm very, I, I like it being at home. And I also like it. Um, my office is um, four miles away from my home, so it's quite easy to travel. And um, I, what I personally take out of it, I lost eight pounds. And um, yeah, and I drive a lot by bike and not by car anymore. Okay, great. So, yeah, it's it's good that you lost eight pounds because as you are locked down at home, usually it's like uh, crazy. But uh, yeah, for me, what I miss is haircuts. I really need my haircut now. It's uh, it start to be too big. <laughs> but yeah, maybe at the end I will ask my wife to cut my hair and see what is the result. So if you see something that is bad, don't say it to my wife. <laughs> Okay, good. So, Stefan, really thank you for that. Thank you for your help. And I hope yeah, that people will really um, understand better how to apply to DIGA and to do that um, for, for, their, um, for, their, for their product. Okay, Stefan, so thank you very much and I wish you a nice day. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. So, if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also, don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.